this is Dr. Bob Evans, and welcome to our podcast, Parental Alienation from Couch to Courtroom and Beyond. We will discuss the resisting and refusing dynamic, commonly referred to as parental alienation, how you'll know it's happening in your case, and what can be done about it. Parental alienation can cause stress and trauma in high-conflict cases. These podcasts focus on how attorneys and mental health professionals can support families and children. I think it's important for everyone to realize, and we're kind of reiterating the obvious, everyone, rational person, is going to be against any kind of violence against women and really concerned about keeping children safe. That's a given. That's why we're in the business that we're in. So anything that we're about to talk about today does not negate that position. But what's really concerning is right now the federal Senate is considering a bill entitled Violence Against Women Act. It's a reauthorization act for 2022. It's Senate Bill 3623. Its subtitle or short title is called Keeping Children Safe from Family Violence Act or Caden's Law. K-A-Y-D-E-N apostrophe S, law, L-A-W. I think everybody, again, is going to be for keeping children safe. And clearly, that's what we want to do. And when we talk about parental alienation, we're really focusing on what's really in the best interest of children. The best interest of children is that they have a positive, loving relationship with both parents. And when one parent is either deliberately or more rarely, unconsciously, manipulating, reinforcing a child to reject another parent. That's child abuse. Well, what Caden's law does is it basically does not recognize parental alienation as child abuse. And some of the significant problems we're going to talk about within that law is it's going to eliminate a lot of things that professionals in forensic psychology in in mental health are prevented from giving appropriate testimony to courts to help them understand the phenomenon of parental alienation. Caden's Law is a subsection of the Violence Against Women Act of 2022. It's intended to protect children from domestic violence. Unfortunately, the law has some serious flaws and implications for the safety of children. Sort of counterproductive. There is now an attempt to pass this law in all of the states. It's a funding law, and the president has already signed the bill for funding the states to implement the state level uh, of these laws. The problem with the law is that it was created based on very unreliable research with serious methodological and statistical flaws. There There is research to actually contradict what the findings section of this law actually says. The legislative branch is attempting to interfere with the judiciary branch, their ability to make informed decisions. So they're limiting what courts can hear in child custody cases and high conflict cases that find themselves in front of a judge. Victims, i.e. rejected, targeted parents, are prevented from bringing probative material, and relevant experts according to the evidence law. The law excludes experts that could be critical in protecting children, such as experts in family dynamics, 
personality disorders, suggestibility of children, and child development, forensic science, and how about experts in parental alienation? The law encourages fabricated and false allegations. How does it do that? Number one, the court is allowed to actually consider, is only to consider allegations of physical or sexual abuse, allegations of domestic violence, not proof, not evidence, but simply allegations. And the court is, to, is according to the law, to act on those allegations alone. The, the law actually fails to recognize psychological abuse, ne- negative bonding. We know that when children are, quote, captive of a alienating or favored parent, there's a negative bonding going on, and that is considered basically child abuse. There's, there are pathological attachments that frequently occur with alienated children and favored parents. So, And the law actually keeps children with those abusers. In fact, the law actually prevents any type of intervention that would have the child removed from an alienating parent. The law actually restricts judges, magistrates, and relevant court personnel to narrowly scope training. That is, the domestic violence community will be the only people who can train judges and magistrates and guardian ad litems, etc., and they will train them in the absence of any concepts on parental alienation. Alienation is considered not relevant, not a topic for these people to learn about. Essentially, we'll remove parental alienation from family law cases, which is precisely what they want. The law actually prevents victims, especially children, from receiving empirically validated best practices or evidence-based treatments. We know of a number of treatments that are very effective in working with children who have been alienated, and they turn the alienation process around in a very short period of time. This community pushing this law are not interested in implementing that particular, those particular programs. They want control of the programs, and of course they want the funding that goes along with this law. So what needs to happen? Number one, the law needs to be amended. They need to allow experts, according to evidence law, to allow them to give testimony. The evidence needs to be probative, material, and relevant. Research and parental alienation is within those concepts. The law needs to be amended to recognize that false allegations of domestic violence and child abuse does exist. Children can learn, have false memories. It's the research, and we've talked about this in other broadcasts, the research is very clear in terms of how it can, how we can import false memories in children very easily. And children then come to believe that they've been abused, that they've been neglected by a targeted parent. The law needs to allow the court the ability to remove and restrict the child from a parent or a litigating party who is psychologically abusive or with whom the child is pathologically bonded or attached. That is, the court needs to have the freedom, the ability to have the child taken away from an alienating parent. Caden's law prevents that courts will no longer be allowed to restrict access with an alienating parent and an alienated child. 
The court, the bill needs to allow the court to order reunification treatments that are empirically valid and have been documented, peer-reviewed, and have shown to be effective. And we know of a couple of those, and we've talked about those. And we also talk about that in our training at NAOPS.com. The law needs to allow other professionals with demonstrated expertise that can help the court make decisions in these very uh, difficult cases. The training and, and education section of the law needs to open it up to allow training to be provided by other professionals with demonstrated expertise, experience, including researchers, credited uh, educational and research institutions, psychologists, psychiatrists, law enforcement, etc. So the, the law is just so limiting and restrictive to benefit a very small section of the community, and that's unacceptable. Essentially, the law really takes away an individual's due process and actually institutes you're guilty until proven innocent, not the way it's supposed to be the other way around. So, for example, any party who had any past or current protection or restraining order is, is somebody that uh, needs to be considered, quote, guilty because you've had uh, a protective order. Now, everybody knows that how easy it is to get a, a, a protection order or a restraining order, at least on a temporary basis. If you've had one of those, according to the new law, anyone with that experience it is apparent to be considered accused and guilty. Uh, sex violence abuse protection orders against the accused parent. If, if someone has alleged sexual abuse or physical abuse, that's all the court needs to have in order to say you, you're basically not a, a positive parent. Uh, anyone who's been arrested or uh, uh, f accused of domestic violence, sexual violence, child abuse, how many times, how many cases have we seen where law enforcement comes in, arrests a parent, and then ultimately that arrest is dismissed? The, one of the most disturbing aspects of the law is, quote, a court may not, comma, slow, solely in order to improve a deficient relationship with the other parent of a child, remove the child from a parent or litigating party. In other words, you can have an alienating parent alienating, manipulating, brainwashing a child against the other parent. And according to this law, a court may not remove that child from that situation in order to improve the relationship with the target or the rejected parent. And it goes even further. According to the new law, a court may not order a reunification treatment unless there is generally accepted and scientifically valid proof of the safety, effectiveness, and therapeutic value of the reunification treatment. Now, I don't have to tell people who have been through the process or involved in this that there are people that come out of the woodwork and basically say that programs like Family Bridges, programs like Turning Points for Families are so horrific and terrible that they traumatize children and are not effective et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, it's obviously not accurate. It's not true. These programs have been peer-reviewed. They've been peer-reviewed to demonstrate their effectiveness. And according to this law, those programs would not be permitted, which is really unfortunate. A step further, it would prevent the research from progressing to 
improve on these programs to develop new programs that could be equally effective. Why? Because according to the people that are detractors of this phenomenon, i.e. parental alienation, unless you have double-blind studies, um, random assignment of uh, participants, you don't have a scientifically proven program. Well, anybody who works in this field, number one, knows that courts are not going to deny treatment to people that need help because we're searching for some scientific, uh, scientifically-based programs. No court's going to do that. We can't randomly assign people to treatments. This is not an experimental program. Going through the court systems is not a scientific program. It's a, a process to help resolve problems. There's a difference between the forensic environment and the clinical environment. And what happens is a lot of people get those confused and think they're basically the same. Well, they're not. You know, the court system is designed to help people resolve their issues, not because they can't do it themselves. Clinical environments basically help people learn how to increase their functionality by working with a mental health professional. Legal system is different from a clinical environment. And that's, that's unfortunately misunderstood in a lot of ways. So this law needs to be stopped, modified, however you want to put it. But it's already passed the House. It's sitting in the Senate. And we need everyone who has a capability to contact their federal senator and their state folks because this law is moving on to the states very rapidly. Let me reiterate that we all are against domestic violence and violence towards women. We are all against um, harming children. We are obviously want to keep children safe. That's why the whole field of parental alienation evolved because it, it's a form of child abuse. And you know, there are other diagnoses in the DSM that parental alienation falls on. There, one of them is child psychological abuse. Manipulating a child against another parent is psychological abuse, and that's unacceptable. This law would prevent that type of testimony coming in to help children and families. So please, if you can, if you're a, if you're a professional, if you're a lawyer, if you're a mental health professional listening to this, please step in and do something if you can. Write to your congressman, not your congressman, your senator, and your, your, your state senators and your local representatives. If you are a parent going through the process of parental alienation, tell other people to contact their state senators and your local representatives. We need to get on this right away. Thank you so much for joining us today. For more information on this topic, please visit www.drbobevans.com or www.naopas.com. We offer classes for both legal and mental health professionals to help educate them on the signs and strategies of parental alienation and how to move forward for a healthier environment for the children of divorce. Please visit www.naopas.com and sign up for our courses and use coupon code PODCAST for a 50% discount. Mm-hmm.